Well, I hope you're having a great day, and thank you for joining us again as we continue our look through the Bible together this year. And I know these past few weeks of recordings have been kind of sporadic. It's been a very busy time of year. I'm sorry about that, but trying to get caught up and get these posted here so that you can study through those as we hopefully continue our Bible reading together. Now, this week we are looking at week 15, and that is covering the biggest part of the book of Judges and finishing up the Gospel of Luke, looking at a few different Psalms there. And what I'd like to do today is really spend a little bit of time talking about the book of Judges, the period of the Judges in the history of Israel, and then look at Psalm 146, because that really kind of ties in with that period as well. So if you have your Bibles there, and I hope that you do, I would invite you to take a look through um, week 15 um, there, which is, like I said, the book of Judges, and we're going to go through a few things there in the book of Judges together. You know, as you approach the book of Judges, you have to recognize that it's like a giant black eye on the history of Israel, and that's really what it is. It really is a, um, a recollection of a period in time where Israel was just forsaking the Lord. It's really about this time, this great apostasy in Israel. And we don't know exactly who wrote the book. Jewish tradition really um, attributes it to the prophet Samuel, who would have written the books of First and Second Samuel. Um, or at least been the, the main character in those books and probably written most of them. Um, it covers a span of time that goes from the death of Joshua until the time when Saul is anointed king in Israel. So that's a period of roughly 300 years. Um, we don't know exactly a start date or an end date because as you look through Judges, those accounts are not necessarily chronological. And what you get in that book is a record of accounts that, as you look through it, really spans the nation. And the idea you get there is that there was no one righteous in Israel. You see this phrase that comes back time and time um, throughout the book of Judges, and it ends the book in chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. We're quick to jump to the fact that there was no earthly king in Israel, but please don't miss the fact that really the author here is recognizing that God Almighty was to have been Israel's king. And in those days, there was no king either sitting on an earthly throne or sitting on the heavenly throne of Israel's heart to which they pledged their allegiance. In those days, there was no king in Israel. People did not recognize God as holy. And we see this cycle that goes again and again through the judges that um, the people fall away from the Lord and they do what they want to do. They serve the gods that are around them. They recognize all the things that are in the world and they pledge their allegiance to those. And that goes good for them for a little better. So they think until it gets worse and worse and worse. And they recognize their need for their true king. And then they cry out in repentance to the Lord. God, save us. Do something here. And God is faithful. He raises up a judge for them who judges Israel, returns their hearts to the Lord, and then most of the time delivers them from their earthly oppressors. And then they're excited about that, and it goes good for a while. They praise the name of the Lord, but they quickly fall back into the cycle of looking to the kings and things of this world 
pledging their allegiance to them, falling away from the Lord, recognizing their need for God, crying out to him, God being faithful, raising up a judge. We see the cycle go on and on and on throughout the book of Judges. But it's really important that we recognize that the overall picture we get from the book of Judges is that there was no king in Israel in those days, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. You know, as you read through that book, you you get some great stories of heroes of the faith, Gideon, Samson, and Deborah, um, Jephthah judging Israel and saving him. All of those individuals were absolutely flawed individuals who God raised up to bring his people back to them. And I hope that that's encouraging to you. It's encouraging to me. You know, all those flawed individuals answered God's call to deliver his people. And most of the time they did that in dramatic form. But it's encouraging to me because God uses flawed people for his purposes. And that's where we're at. You know, we are sinful people, but God will use us for his purposes if we allow him and if we let him. You know, this book really includes many, if not most, of the graphic and violent and disturbing scenes in scriptures. And some of those are, are righteous, some of those are done at the bidding of the Lord, other of those are done in the name of evil. And as you as you look through this, you get the idea that the uh, you get the primary message of the book of Judges, and it's this. It's that God will not allow sin to go unpunished. You know, as Exodus um, established, Israel was God's people. He was to be their king, but they had forsaken the covenant established with them at Mount Sinai. And in Judges, we see him disciplining them for following other gods, for disobeying God's sacrificial laws for engaging in blatant immorality and and really descending into anarchy at times we see the we see the nation of Israel coming against the nation of Israel and fighting against one another I mean that's the story we get at the end of the book of judges here and the story about the tribe of Benjamin and just the horrific apostasy that they are engaged in and the horrific acts that they are engaged in um, and just not following after the Lord. Yet, because the Israelites are his people, he listened to their cries for mercy and he raises up leaders to deliver them. But unfortunately, even those godly individuals did not wield sufficient influence to change the hearts of the nation. You know, they did not have the power to make a lasting change. And what you see through the book of Judges is the need for a true servant leader. The need for a true king, and you don't get that in any of the earthly leaders that were set before Israel as judges, and unfortunately, we're not going to get that in any of the earthly leaders that we're going to read about in First and Second Samuel and the books going forward from there. It points us absolutely to the need to be led by a righteous and holy king in Jesus Christ. You point them towards him. You know, as you look through the book of Judges, you might think, I just don't even really want to read this. But we have to picture it as a gift. You know, our memory is as a gift. Our history is a gift. And remembering the past teaches us just countless lessons about how we should live today. The Israelites forgot. We are quick to forget as well. 
You know, they didn't remember the miraculous events that brought them to their land or the covenant that had united them to their God. They didn't remember what God had done with them and pulling them out of the land of Egypt. But, but God does not forget. He doesn't forget his covenant, and he doesn't, because of his great love, forget his people. He disciplines his sinful children so that they might return to him. And the book of Judges is an account of that in Scripture. And while we do see that as a big black eye on the history of Israel, it is a bright shining star when it comes to showing us the grace of God and showing us exactly who he is. Turn with me over to Psalm chapter 146. I just want to read this 10 verses here for us today. It's a reminder for us not to put our hope in the princes of this world. It says this, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, and who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. What a reminder that our hope and our faith and our trust should not be placed in things or people or places of this world because they are all temporary. We put our hope and we trust in the God who keeps faith forever. And he reminds us again of his goodness and his faithfulness. He does that for the people of Israel all throughout the book of Judges. And as you look through there, you read some pretty amazing and some pretty horrifying stories of, of his people and how they turn their hearts from him. But you also read these amazing and maybe sometimes horrifying stories of how God brings his people back because he is the God who keeps faith forever. Have you forgotten the great works that God has done in your life? Have you forgotten those things just like the Israelites have? You know, maybe your difficult circumstances right now are overpowering your faith. Do you feel like he's disciplining you right now? Know that he disciplines those whom he loves. Hebrews chapter 12. If you'd like to look that up, verses 5 through 11. That is... That is the act of a loving father. And if you have forgotten those works of God, if you feel like your circumstances are overpowering you, if you feel like the Lord is working in your life right now and bringing about that discipline, always, always, always turn your heart to him. Return to him. Remember who he is. Trust him and obey him. Because just like he was with the people of Israel in the book of Judges, he is waiting right now for you with open arms. And we're promised here in Psalm 146 
that blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. The blessing comes when we recognize that our help comes from the God who has promised to watch over his people. And we are so fortunate that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are his people. We have gained the same inheritance that the people of Israel have through the power of Jesus Christ. It's talked about in Ephesians chapter 3, that through the grace and the mercy that God has showered on us, we have gained an inheritance of eternal life. And so we recognize that our help and our hope and our, our trust is put in God and God alone, the one who keeps faith forever. He's watching over you. He is caring for you. And if it seems right now like things are in a tough place, read through the book of Judges again. And remember, again, what God has done for his people in the past and what he promises to do for his people in the future. Thanks for joining us today. Lord bless you as you go.